my wife was ministering there and I'm sure she did a fantastic job but tonight we're here and uh, I'm glad to be in the house of God and I want to share these thoughts that the Lord laid upon my heart we rejoice at that young fellow this morning and believe God's got more in store for us tonight praise God are you excited to be in church you know they're they're trying to get us to isolate and stay home I'd rather be in the house of God. If I'm going to be sick, I'd rather be, they misunderstand this day, but I'd rather be sick here in the presence of God. At home, it will just contain it, but in the presence of God, it will heal it. And that's more important than containing an illness, praise God. Amen. I want us to turn in our Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 10. read a familiar portion of scripture here in Luke chapter 10. I'm going to get to the, the latter part of it in verses 39. And it reads, and, when, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said lord do you not care that my sister has left me alone uh, left me to serve alone bitter therefore that she helped me martha is stressing out because there's a lot of work in the kitchen and she's doing it all on her own and someone's got to serve mary she's sitting at the feet of jesus and gleaning and grasping every word that's coming out of his mouth. She's just basking in the glory of Almighty God revealed to her in flesh. As Jesus speaks words of life, she's taking that in. And Mary is stressing out. You know, I've got a Lebanese wife, and this is something I can imagine amongst my wife and her sisters. They stress out and they want to serve during big family functions. It's not right to be sitting down according to their cultural background. So I can picture my wife's family right here. And Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part. Not that part, that good part. Which shall not be taken away from her. In other words, I ain't going to send your sister into the kitchen. She's going to stay right here at my feet. You see, Martha was busy with hospitality serving guests and making sure that their needs were met can i say there's nothing wrong with that if you come to my house i have no doubt that my wife will serve you like you're the king or queen she she takes good care of our guests she'll feed you to food overflowing it's very middle eastern my wife's from lebanon and that's what they, they they're very hospitable and unless you're feeling like you're in a food coma she'll probably feel she hasn't fed you enough food for those that have been over can say amen to that. That's not an exaggeration. It's great. She loves to serve. Martha was busy with hospitality and serving and work in that kitchen. Maybe she had a bigger stovetop than you, sis. I don't know. But it was all about the service because that's important, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But she positioned herself to work. And positioning herself to getting the job done but she was missing out on the most important thing and it wasn't a good meal 
it was time at the feet of Jesus. You see, Mary was caught up in the presence of Jesus. She had positioned herself deliberately at his feet. She could have sat on the couch across from where Jesus was. She could have sat on the floor in the corner. But the Bible says that she got as close to Jesus as possible. She intentionally, I don't believe it was an accident, but she determined, I want to sit at the feet of Jesus. Hear me tonight. Many times I see in the churches that I go to and, the, and also the church that I pastor that many seem to measure their spirituality or their growth by what they do in church. Hear me this morning, this evening. They value their walk with God upon what I do in the house of God. They're very defensive of their ministry. And I'll be really honest with you, the ministry that people get involved with in the church is very important. The functioning of the church goes really good when people do their job well. I ain't putting that down. Uh, believe me, we're not some sloppy type church that you just come in and float for the Holy Ghost and what gets done gets done. No, no. There's order and there's structure and there's organization and we need people to do things. But your ministry doesn't impress God as much as the time you spend at his feet. Hear me tonight. We're going somewhere. Don't misunderstand this message. This church needs volunteers. If no one cleans the toilets, they're going to be filthy. If no one stocks the fridge, there'll be no snacks. If no one cleans the building, if no one greets at the, at the door, we need our ushers. We thank God for our greeters. People that come, when you walk into a house, uh, the house of the Lord, they stop to give you a smile and say, welcome to the house of God. That's important, right? Do you understand the sacrifice? Now, I used to be an usher, so I'm going to help the ushers and the hostesses and all those good servers today. Do you know the sacrifice that it takes to stand at the door greeting people? It's not hard to smile, but it means they don't get to worship like the rest of us. I mean, I tell our greeters all the time, I want you to have once a month on the greeting team and the other three weeks in the house of God worshiping. I don't want somebody at the door with their hands raised, tears flowing, speaking in tongues as visitors come past. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you bring that to your seat and you get into the presence of God. It's just a little bit scary when someone walks into a church building and that's what they see, right? Are we human tonight? Uh, am I the only one? <laughs> I remember back in one of the ch- when I was in the church in Sydney, there's one lady, she could worship like nobody else, man, I'm telling you. But the problem was when she was hostessing, she'd find herself getting lost in the spirit. And as people are walking in, she's tears are flowing. She's speaking in tongues as loud as she can. And, and that's the first thing a visitor sees when they come to the church. A little bit awkward, right? Come on, the first time some of us came to the church and you heard somebody speaking in tongues, you thought, if I ever get out of this place alive, man, I'm going to report it to the authorities and I ain't ever coming back there again. Problem was, you got the Holy Ghost also and now you're one of us and together we're all doing the same thing. Praise be to God. Amen. So we need people involved in serving and getting involved. But your worth in the kingdom of God is not measured by your ministry. I tell the people in our church, the people that lead the worship are just as important to me and as needful as the ones that make coffee in the kitchen and serve to our guests. That's part of the functionality of the church. But the will of God isn't for you just to be a worker. He wants you to always find time at his feet in worship and in ministry. You see, we need doers in the church to get the job done. If you have a desire today to get involved 
in the daily operations of the church let me tell you that's a good thing as a pastor i get excited when people say to me can we serve in the kitchen can we help pack up can we put out man we need you I'm, I'm, and i love that and we need doers that can get the job done that's great needful and it's appreciated also i know that your your pastor appreciates everybody that makes the church oper, uh, the, this church operate without hiccups because you are needed however our greatest need is not serving it's not serving jesus but it's spending time in the presence of almighty god there have been times and i'm sure you have me here because i've been here for a few times where the spirit's moving and the power of the holy ghost is falling you don't need to worry then about whether you look prim and proper just worship you don't need to worry about are the toilets clean is the fridge full is are people comfortable is it cool enough hot enough warm enough whatever enough just get into the presence of jesus hear every word that comes out of the preacher hear every tongue and interpretation listen to the don't just sing them but listen to the words of the songs that you're singing because what you're doing is you're basking in the glory of almighty god and that's the greatest thing you can do tonight listen i'm not a singer but i'm a worshiper I've never sung a special item in my life, but every time I come into the house of God, I'm a worshiper. If you sit close to me, my voice is bad. Too bad for you, friend, because I'm going to worship the Lord anyhow. Praise God. Are there any worshipers here today? This ain't Northside got talent, not Perth's got talent. This is a house of worship. It doesn't matter if you hit the notes or not. Just worship anyhow. Praise God. The psalmist says, Thou will thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy and at that right hand there are pleasures for every forevermore in thy presence hallelujah is fullness of joy i have not read one scripture pastor correct if i'm wrong he please but i have not seen one part of the bible that says in ministry there is fullness of joy for those that are involved in ministry, you can maybe t- tweak it a little bit like this. In ministry, there are headaches. <laughs> there are troubles because there are people. But in the presence of God, friend, hallelujah, there's joy unspeakable and it's full of glory. Hallelujah. I, again, I encourage you, get involved, but don't let your involvement measure how spiritual you are. You make sure that there's more time at His feet than there is in the kitchen. You make sure there's more time loving on the Lord than there is serving on the Lord. You make sure that you recognize and realize God's will for your life is not service. It's worship. It's time in the presence of God. You won't find healing, deliverance, and salvation serving on the people of God, but in the presence of God, you will find your miracle. You will find the answer to your prayer you will find that hope that this world just can't offer you it's founded in his presence tonight bless god spoke to the youth about similar thoughts but on in second Kings chapter 2 it says these words it came to pass listen to what i got to say here when they were gone over that elijah said said to elisha ask what i shall do for thee before i be taken away from thee and elijah says i pray thee a double portion of thy spirit be upon me and he said thou hast ask the hard thing nevertheless if thou see me when i am taken it shall be so unto thee but if not it's not going to happen it shall not be so amen elisha would not leave elijah and when he asked what he could do uh, uh, what do you want he was told that if he wanted a double portion of elijah's anointing he would need to be there when god took elijah away (laughs) 
Here's this thing about Elisha and Elijah. He went, they started in a place called Gilgal and they ended off in Jordan. And they went from one city to the next city. And it seems when you read the, the, ver- uh, the verses of Scripture there that Elisha was discouraged from going any further. But Elisha recognized something. And this is what I want to focus on tonight. He recognized that if he was going to get what his heart desired, he had to intentionally position himself in a place where God would move. He was given a word after being told, tarry here, tarry here, tarry here, from Gilgal to, to, to uh, Bethel, from Bethel to Jericho, from Jericho to Jordan, every time, just stay here. Oh, no. You see, Elisha wanted something from God. And the only way he would get it was to intentionally position himself in a place where the anointing would come upon him. And so Elijah said, if you follow me until I be taken and you're there and you're watching and you're by my side, then when I'm taken up to glory in a whirlwind, then you will get what your heart requests. Here's the thing, friends. The only way Elisha would get that double portion was to deliberately take himself and position himself next to the prophet, the man of God, when he was taken. It wasn't just, yes, I believe, and I'll stay where I am right now, believing for a mental knowledge. No, there was obedience, and he put himself in a place to receive. Elisha, uh, he, he intentionally positioned himself for the miraculous, right? If Elijah didn't follow Elijah, he would never have become the man of God that he so desired to be. I'm going somewhere with this tonight. We've all heard this expression before, right? I was at the right place at the right time. But that's rarely the case. That we just by somehow, by chance or coincidence, we just happen to be there when the uh, the bank, the the... the the security truck for all the money had an accident and the, the back of the truck broke open and $100 bills went in the air and I collected them and I was just at the right place at the right time. You don't plan that, right? Because if you did, you'd probably be arrested for robbery. <laughs> Somehow, accidentally, we got lucky. It just I just happened to be there. But, you know, uh, I got some by coincidence. It was a fluke. That doesn't happen in the spirit realm. That doesn't happen with the things of God. That you accidentally got a blessing from God. That you accidentally got a miracle. It was a fluke. Somebody else was praying and, and God didn't have good aim, so he missed their miracle and gave it to you. That doesn't happen. Right? I've never heard that before. I came to an altar and, and they were praying for something and I got the blessing. That doesn't happen. We deliberately have to position ourselves to receive from God. Let's ponder this thought for a moment. What about intentionally positioning ourselves in his presence tonight i want something from god well guess what he ain't looking up the street direction to find out where you live so he can drive in his car knock on your door amen he's waiting for you to come with open arms say lord i'm putting myself in your presence in the kitchen i might get a good cup of coffee and a nice feed but mary she stood at the feet of jesus because she got more than a cup of coffee and a good feed Hear me tonight, Matthew eleven twenty eight. These are these beautiful words. You've heard these. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We love that. Oh, it's been a hard day. My spirit's been wrestling. I want to find rest in the presence of God. But hang on, what's that first word? 
Come. <laughs> I want the blessings, Pastor. Well, come. That means you've got to get up from where you're at and take the journey pace to where God wants you to be. You've got to make a place where the presence of God is moving. You don't say, Lord, I need a miracle. Therefore, I'm going to serve at church by cleaning the building. That ain't going to get you a miracle. It's needed and it's, it's wonderful. But deliberately positioning yourself by coming. Amen. I love the story of Peter. Some call it a failed miracle. It's not a failed miracle. It's a miracle. When he saw a body walking on the water and they said, who is it? Is it a ghost? And somebody said, no, no, no. It's the Lord that's walking. And Peter said, Jesus, if that's you, let me come. Let me be a part of this miracle. And Jesus says, come. Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I want to walk on water with you, Jesus, but I don't want to get out of the boat. Then you're not going to walk on water. You want a miracle? Get up from where you're at and step out of the boat. That seems impossible. But it is impossible in the flesh. It's called a miracle. And many times we ask God, Lord, I'm in this situation and I need you to do a miracle and I need you to deliver me. And you hear the voice of God simply says, come. But you look out the boat and you think, how can I come? I've got to walk on water. Praise God. Peter stepped out of the boat and he began to walk on the water. And then he looked at the circumstances around him and began to sink. But I don't know about you tonight. If Peter took two steps walking on the water, that's a miracle. <laughs> if he went to the, out of the boat with one foot, rested on the water and took another step, that's a miracle. If he sank after that, it wasn't a fact. Listen, if you took one step on water today and you didn't sink, believe me, you'd be celebrating and rejoicing. Wow, that was a miracle. But the miracle couldn't happen. Unless Peter heard the voice of God and obeyed the voice of God by taking himself from where he was and positioning himself on the impossible. You know why sometimes we don't have miracles? We don't place ourselves on the impossible for God to do the possible. We don't put ourselves in a place where miracles can happen. We want God to somehow take us and make it all happen for us. That ain't how faith works, friend. Listen to me tonight. God's saying, come, that means get up. And put yourself in a place where the miraculous can happen. These two scriptures were all about positioning yourself. Come unto me. Hey, Peter, you want the miracle? Come out of the boat. There was an invitation. And Jesus simply said those, that one word. Come. Come. You have not because you ask not. Ask now and that your joy might be full. Oh, but the Lord knows what I'm thinking. He said, ask. Asking is putting yourself in a place where God can answer. Amen. The desires of your heart. Amen. Many people want miracles and blessings, but won't position themselves in God's presence. And they miss out. And they say, God can't answer my prayer. No, you can't respond to faith. Tonight, I want us to understand that we need to get to the place where we can position ourselves for the miraculous. Hear me tonight. I've heard many say to me, I want financial blessings and financial freedom. Just don't ask me to put money in an offering plate. Let me tell you why you're not getting financial freedom and blessings. Amen. You're not positioning yourself. Oh, this isn't about money today. I'm not after your money. But there's a truth in that. Many people pray, Lord, I need a miracle. I need an answer to prayer. 
but I can't commit myself to the miracle worker. I've just come to check in, get my miracle, and see you later. No, friend, it don't work like that. People that want the Holy Ghost, we tell them to position yourself, repent, ask, and open up your hands and receive what God's got for you. Put yourself in the place to receive. Elisha positioned himself for a double portion of Elijah's anointing, and God was faithful. Place yourself in His presence. Be intentional today. Amen. The Lord and the church needs help. As I've said that and I'll say it again and again. We need people to get involved. I want people on the Gold Coast to put their hand up to do things and get involved in serving because we need it. God wants your presence more than He wants your service, church. Somebody hearing me today. God wants to bless you. God wants to do all those great and wonderful things that you're requesting and, and desiring. But God, most of all, He wants time. He wants time with you in His presence. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. You're worried about the program and how's it going to run and who's going to look after the guest speaker and, and what about the visitors? Are they comfortable? And is it too hot? And what about the, is the, is the church clean? And, and oh, I hope they're feeling comfortable in their seat. Hey, hey stop stressing out, friend. Jesus was saying to Martha, you're, you're too concerned about these things, about the, the daily operations. But, Mark, but this one thing is needful. And Martha has chosen that good part which shall not be taken from her. Hallelujah. What was that good part? She positioned herself at Jesus' feet. She put herself in the place of God. Ministry and involvement may have a use-by date. You might not always be a hostess. You might not always be an usher. You might not always be bringing food to church and serving people over the kitchen. But time in the presence of God is eternal. When this ministry ends... And you find yourself thinking, Lord, what do you have for me now? And you're not sure about the next ministry. This one thing you can be assured of, that the invitation into his presence never changes. He says, come, come. Oh, but I don't know what my job in church is. Don't worry about your job in church. If you don't know what your job in church is, just take, take heart in knowing this. You're a worshiper. <laughs> Jesus wants to hear your voice in worship. I mean, you're a worshiper according to God, because in worship we find ourselves in the presence of God. Amen. There's no, there's no use by date. As a matter of fact, that's the only thing you can take from this world into eternity. That's time in the presence of God. Get used to it, friend. Get hungry for it, friend, uh, because eternity is time in the presence of God. He don't need somebody at the door. He don't need somebody serving drinks, greeting the visitors. <laughs> Amen. He's just looking for worshipers. They that worship the Father must worship Him in spirit. And in truth, I didn't hear the word service come out of that conversation, but spirit and in truth. In Matthew 4.18, And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. A very familiar portion of Scripture for those that know the call of the disciples. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. I'm not convinced tonight that they left their nets to become better fishermen. Jesus said, Follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Maybe it's just my way of thinking. 
But when Jesus approached these two, two boys, I don't think they turned to each other and said, Wow, we're going to get a sponsor from BCF and Jesus is taking us fishing. I don't believe that at all. But I believe there was something in the words when Jesus said, Follow me. They were already on their way. I don't really care much about the fishing. If that's what you want me to do, we will do that bit. But if we get to follow Jesus, we're ready to leave everything behind just to follow after Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know if they understood what he meant when he said to them, I will make you fishers of men. What does that even mean, Jesus? All we want to do is just follow you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That first love that drew you to an altar and all you said, Lord, I just want to love on you. And then we complicated our love for God with ministry. Amen. The fishers of men bit made no sense possibly. But the follow me, that was crystal clear. We're going to follow after Jesus. Praise God. They positioned themselves. In the next three years, their lives would never be the same again. They would go on to turn the world upside down because of the time that they spent in the presence of God. It wasn't because they went to ministerial school, and had a, 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 a degree in theology. No, no. They spent time with Jesus and because of their time with the master and then the infilling of the Holy Ghost the same spirit in them they turned their world upside down they were world changers because they positioned their lives to follow Jesus why do we lift our hands when we worship or when we pray amen sis because we're positioning ourselves to a place of surrender when I lift up my hands it's not because I'm doing exercise Pentecostal Zumba trying to shed a few kilos I'm worshipping God because something happens when I su surrender my will and we lift up our hands and say Lord not my will but your will be done and we give ourselves to the Lord in worship why do we worship and praise with such emotion and joy and, and tears and we are positioning ourselves for a move of God I mean we all do it and it's not so much because the tune of the music is moving our emotions and now we're getting a bit of a, an emotional response. No, no, no. Because the Holy Ghost is at work. And we're sensing a presence that's so real. We can't even see it, but we know it's here. And therefore, we get caught up in worship. And we get to a place at times where we don't even care if we start to cry or get exuberant and loud in our worship because it becomes so real and so personal. That our worship is, I don't really care what people think. We don't even actually contemplate what people are thinking. Because we find ourselves at the feet of Jesus and we forget our surroundings and who's here. But we position ourselves and, and tears may come and joy might flow. Why? Because all we want is to position ourselves in the presence of God. You want to move of God? Position yourself in worship today. Don't be so caught up with what people think, but rather, what do you think, Lord? Amen. Why do we pray? Because we position ourselves, because we know that in prayer, God can give you an answer. It's in prayer that God can give you a deliverance. It's in the presence of God that He can meet your every need. It doesn't come via mental telepathy, but when you lift up your voice and say, God, uh, I'm in a place of prayer. Hallelujah. Why does the church have guest speakers and special programs and ministries and departments? Is it because your pastor is trying to impress other churches with how fancy the church is being run? No. Because the church is being positioned 
for revival. I'm not, I'm not talking about a harvest. A harvest is when people come and get born again. But revival is when the Spirit moves and, and what is already here and is dying, somehow the atmosphere of the Spirit changes because the church has been positioned for a reviving, a refreshing in the Holy Ghost. Thank God for every department in this church. Thank God for the vision that God's given the pastor. Uh, thank God for everything that takes place in a church service. But it's because your pastor is trying to position the people of God not to look better than the church down the road or to compete with numbers. No, friend. Uh, but because we want the Holy Ghost to stir our hearts up, that we create an atmosphere where people say there's something happening in that church. It's not because guest speaker so-and-so is coming to preach. No, friend, but because they recognize that when they walk into the four walls of these buildings, they begin to say there's something happening here. How did this happen? Let me tell you how it happens. We intentionally place ourselves, prepare ourselves, put ourselves in a place for God to move. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This isn't about evangelist so-and-so or pastor this or preacher that. But this is all about creating an atmosphere that could turn our city, our world upside down. This is about having a move of the Holy Ghost that starts here. So programs are set not for the sake of programs, but they are put there for the sake of revival. Church has been set with preaching and, and teachings. Why? To draw us closer to God. Hallelujah. We ought to do that right now. Why don't you lift up your voice and your hands and in your very seat, position yourself for a move of the Holy Ghost tonight. Put yourself in a place unlike Martha slaving away in the kitchen. Be a Mary tonight and make your way to the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. I'm coming to a close. But in John chapter 12, again, a story about these two sisters. Musicians, come. Hallelujah. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And they made him a supper, and Martha served. <laughs> but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Let me tell you, Lazarus was dead. We know the story. Remember the story? Lazarus had been dead for four days, and now been taken out of the grave. And they said, loose him and let him go. And now he was alive, and here he is. You think he's going to be in the kitchen serving? No, friend. He tasted the miraculous. He was a living testimony. He was dead, but now he was alive. You think he wants to be in the kitchen? No, friend. He wants to be in the presence. I love this next verse. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of, uh, of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment and then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not the ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Verse 7. And then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing have she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. He was getting ready to be crucified. 
And while we read the story where Martha was still in the kitchen, still making sure the food was nice and warm and the drinks were nice and cold. The Bible gives us Lazarus as well in this story. He's there in the presence of Jesus. But in this story, the Bible says that Mary, she gets that ointment and she breaks that bottle open and she washes the feet of Jesus. And it's a sign of worship. It's a sign of love. And Judas is always thinking about the money, the service, right? We could have made money, pastor. We could have served the poor. We could have done a community event and the government could have recognized us maybe as a tax break. Jesus is not impressed by that at all. Mary was a worshiper. And with everything that she had that she could have given to the poor, she laid at the feet of Jesus. Because you see, Mary understood the value of the presence of God. I want to tell somebody here, He's come knocking on everybody's heart here tonight. There's not the good and the bad. Those that qualify and those that disqualify. He's just simply looking for somebody that says, you know what, I haven't got ointment that's worth anything today. I haven't got a dime in my pocket. But what I have is my life. And tonight, why don't we stand? I just want to bring my life at the feet of Jesus. I can't break open a bottle of beautiful perfume that will fill this room with a, a sweet aroma. But I want to break my life at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I surrender to you in worship. I might not have it all together. I might not be able to serve in the kitchen. But this one thing I can do tonight is I can bring myself and position myself in worship and cry out, Lord, I've come to give myself to you tonight. Hallelujah, friend. This isn't a call for ministry tonight. That sermon will come at another time. This isn't a call for somebody to say, what can you do for the kingdom of God? Why don't you come and commit yourself to ministry? This isn't one of those services tonight though that is needful. Please don't downplay that tonight. But not tonight, this is a cry that I felt burning in my heart. Are there any Marys out there tonight? Are there anybody, is there any, is there any brothers or sisters tonight that all you want to do is, yeah, at another time I'll get involved. But right now, I just want to find myself at the feet of Jesus. I just want to come into the presence of Almighty God. Is it possible to come to church where people are weeping and worshipping and miss out? I think so. I think so. Ask Martha. She found the way to do it. Oh, but Mary, Jesus says she's chosen that thing that is good. And I'm not going to take it away from her. And so I wonder, does anybody want to come? Anybody want to come? That means position yourself away from where you are right now and make your journeys to the presence of Jesus. Yes, He's all over this building right now. But does anybody want to just come into the presence of God and say, Lord, I don't have much needs to pray about today. I'm not sick and I'm not broke, but I just want to worship at your feet tonight. Hallelujah. I just want to worship at your feet, Lord God. I just want to get down into the presence of God where I can be me without a facade trying to be somebody else, Lord. I just want to get to a place of worship, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah.